This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, a very rambunctious show we have today. I say that because I know who's going to be on. And beginning with the most rambunctious BJ Colleen automotive journalist extraordinaire. Uh, BJ, um, what are we going to do with this president? He just keeps on trying to put, put his foot on the neck of the auto industry. It's sad to me, you know. It's, it's really sad. It's- it's unbelievable. First of all, hello. Welcome. Hi. Yes. And I, I am rambunctious, but I'm not a truck, so that's good. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because this is a topic, and I think we're talking about the EPA's new emission standards, and yeah. it's something that I know you're going to be talking about with every other guest on the show because it's important and it's big news. And it's just, it's just absolute craziness what the government thinks, and you know they're always going to try and do what they think is best for us, not let us decide what's best for us, which is. Extremely frustrating, but yeah. this new emission standards, what they're talking about, that they propose that the automakers need to make, that EVs need to make up 67% right. of light-duty vehicles and 46% of medium-duty vehicles by 2032. Now, okay, 2032 is not that far off. It's nine years away. Today's EVs are only 6% of sales, 6%. Right. And we all know the drawbacks, and we all know the problems with it, but it's just absolutely crazy because basically they're looking to ban gas and diesel engine vehicles, which we know is going to kill the collector car market, number one. And it's going to also kill affordable vehicles for a lot of people. You know, people can't afford cars now. I'm on the verge of not being able to afford a new car now. It's just ridiculous how expensive they are. So it's, it's dangerous. But the best part about this is them making unilateral decisions without talking to anybody else. Case in point, the utility companies say this is completely unrealistic because it's lacking infrastructure. And what infrastructure are you talking about? Well, that's a lack of long-distance lines that have to carry that power. Now it's a bottleneck. The transmission lines, when you think about it, we've all been out on the roads and watched the, the transmission electric power lines. They go for hundreds of miles. They require approvals from states and cities and even some private landowners. And the problem is it's already a problem because it would tax the grid to no end and it doesn't you can't do these things overnight it takes a long time to get permission to get approval you know how slow government works right so i don't know what they're thinking and and who's thinking or who's not thinking because it's ridiculous to try to force this upon the public and i i don't i don't i don't even know what to say alan i just have no answers to the stupidity levels that's going on in government right now. Well, what we have to do is talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And that way, you know, as listen in the radio world, there's something called the average quarter hour listener, which is AQH average quarter hour is what that stands for. And so that means that after about 15 minutes or so, somebody gets to their destination and they've only heard, you know, your conversation and what, you know, for the next 15 minutes or so. Now, another person comes along. So throughout the show today, we're going to keep talking about this, and we're going to keep talking about it as time goes on to make sure that people are aware that these things are happening beyond our control and beyond our desire, because our desire is being shown by what the marketplace data is showing. 
6% electric, 94% internal combustion <laughs> of some sort. But they want yeah, to bump that up. Yeah, they want to bump that up to 67% or whatever you said. It's lunacy. That means that the vast majority of people, that uh, more than 50% of people that are wanting gasoline and power or diesel gasoline and diesel power engines are going to be forced in one way or another to be driving an electric car because the mandates are going to make it to where the cars you wanted before that came in gasoline or diesel don't anymore. Now they're only, you know, I mean, and we're seeing it all the time more and more. These car companies that are going all electric. I know later on in the show, we're going to talk about that Jaguar, the 75th anniversary um, F-Type, you know, it, that's the last gasoline-powered Jaguar, evidently, because they're going to be going all electric. Well, I don't know. We'll find out later on the show. But let me tell you, look at Volvo doing the same kind of stuff. Look at all these automakers doing the same kind of stuff. We are going to be forced to buy other car companies' cars that maybe we really didn't want. Maybe I liked a nice Jaguar with a, a supercharged V8 in it. Won't be available yep. pretty soon, you know. Anyway. I agree. Yep. All right. Let's take a little break. Okay. Oh, so depressing. Uh, <laughs> I think I need some uh, malted milk balls. We'll be right back. It is The Drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is the exact sound of the electricity running through the lines being sucked out by all the cars sitting in line waiting to charge their batteries that are empty and they can't go anywhere. But there's not enough infrastructure, but there's nothing they can do because you can't buy a gallon of electricity. I'm sorry. That's how it is right there. <laughs> Ray John, brother. Ray John. You know. BJ Here's another question. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt you. That's but okay. the bottom line, too, is you know, when there's storms out and you need to go to your generator and power your generator with gasoline, where are you getting that gasoline from? Right. So now you got to power with electricity that there is no electricity. <laughs> I, it, it's just, it, you know, it's just the, the stupidity. And uh, you're talking about Jaguar but in the last segment. We yeah. were talking about it. And, you know, Jaguar has the I-Pace. You know how many I-Paces they sold so far this year? No, that's the electric car, right? It, yeah. Yeah, electric car. 83. No. Not, yeah. Their sales have fallen off. I mean, it's the only one they have because it's an expensive car. Yeah. They only have one model this year. It's it's $71,000. Mm. And again, people can't afford these vehicles. It's it's ridiculous the price of these. Oh, well, they're going to get a credit. No, you can get up to $7,500 credit. But now they're talking about 
even having the credit and taking the credit away. So it's it's like that old saying, you know, why are you banging your head against the wall? Because it feels so good when I stop. You know, it's just it's so dumb. <laughs> it's just, uh, no, but did you I, hear about speaking of Jaguar, a British car company? Yes. Um, well, Indian. Well, yes, owned by Mr. Tata. Um, yeah. The the newest electric model coming out from Jaguar is called Lucas. Remember? Lucas. Yes. It's yeah. The, the Jaguar. Lucas Electronics were horrendous. Yes. In, in, uh, <laughs> and the Lucas, the Prince of Darkness. I'm joking. They're not making that. But wouldn't that be funny? Oh, my oh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. That was like the Prince of Darkness, Lucas. And the thing is that... Imagine if you were going to buy an electric car, would you buy one from a company that was a premium brand that was kind of known for, you know, not being the most reliable, but very sexy looking, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. And, yeah, and yours it, are beautiful. in the later years, I mean, that's all in the past, but still it's like, you know, Fiat, I bought a Fiat. I had no problems with it. It was a great little car back in 2012 and we had it for 40,000 miles, not a single issue with it, but there was a time it was Fiat stood for fix it again, Tony. So they have, yep. you know, they're kind of the uh, skeletons in the closet. And that the problem is, you know, Fiat machines these days are fantastic. But the problem is if the Jaguars, if they're only selling, you know, less than a hundred of these things, how can you build a business case on top of only selling 83 cars already in April. You know what I mean? There's no business case. That company's going to go down if that's the business case. I'm and that sorry. would break my heart if it would. Oh, I, and I own a ja I own a Jaguar. I love yeah. my. I have a. I have an XK8 or X XJ8, the four door sedan, Vandenplaw, which is the long wheelbase sedan. And I love that car. I bought it so cheap. It's ridiculous. And I've had it for years now. And it's been a good car, but there's an engine light on right now. I will tell you that. The Oops. Prince, you, Prince of right. Darkness. <laughs> but Jaguars, they're, they're stunning cars. I mean, it's the the Jag E-Type is the car that Ferrari said was the Enzo Ferrari right. himself said it was the most beautiful car in the world. Exactly. And it's absolutely true. And Jaguars have always been sexy and that X type is always the XK has always been the car that I've lusted after for millions oh, of years, yeah. and eventually when I win the lottery, I'll. I'll but get you know, one. Jay, Jay Leno's got it right. He's got a Jaguar XKE engine under his like coffee room table with glass over yeah. the top of it, and he says, and he has to have a oil pan under it because it still leaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's his joke. That's, that's pretty funny, but it's true. But you know, people they get in their minds what a car was. You know, years ago, I have a cousin who, like Lincoln. Oh, that God, I would never drive a Lincoln. It's an old boat for old man's. It's like when's the last time you were in a Lincoln vehicle? You right, know, it's just right. people just they get set in their minds, and it just gets absolutely crazy. But again, people, if you don't want your collector cars to go away, and if you don't want an EV, you need to talk to your to your representatives, let them know, see if you can get them to get the word back that this uh, regime in Washington is just not thinking straight when it comes yeah. to automobiles. And this is going you to know? be a theme moving towards November for the SEMA show, S-E-M-A, Specialty Equipment Market Association Trade Show. They keep an eye on this stuff to make sure that our hobby... Uh, which is the automotive industry hobby, the car hobby, the classic cars, but even not just classics because, you know, I'm going to try and buy a new demon because to me, this is the last of, uh, 
last of these big uh, muscle cars that we're going to see. And, you know, but SEMA keeps an eye on there and they're an advocate to make sure that there is somebody standing there yelling and screaming about, you know, what they're trying to do these days. There's got it. We have to have a representation. And SEMA is the auto industry, or I should say the hobbyist industry's um, uh, advocate, you might say. All right, let's take a break. They're yelling at me. All right, all right. Calm down. We'll take a break. Be right back. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. I know, I just got my butt chewed. They're like, you go too long and there's a commercial break and then... All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, welcome back. Car guys, car gals, we get a little excited about this stuff when they try and take away our hobby. By the way, BJ, you were talking about you know the whole thing with the uh, EPA and the mandates and all that and the, the classic and the collector car world You know, potentially being very adversely affected. I, on the other hand, feel like there will be, because of our friends at SEMA and our advocates, they will make allowances for the, uh, dare I say, antique or antique and classic cars. And it could be that that's all you'll be able to drive that is internal combustion after a while. It'll have to fit into that category, which was okay for me, you know? Yeah, but what classifies it as an antique? I know that's that's the problem, you know, or collectible. I don't know who knows, but anyway, I just thought I'd add that. So we'll see. Well, it's somebody else is going to have to fight out. But thank goodness for SEMA because they do have our backs when it comes to being out there in Washington and making sure these these uh, these idiots don't get too far out of hand. So yeah, um, all right, let's go something more fun. By the way, you're not supposed to say that word. They're actually called little-brained people. (laughs) Well, you said idiots and that was close to something else. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So a license plate, how much would you pay for a license plate, Alan? Well, depends on if my uncle Jerry made it in prison because it has a little more value. (laughs) You know, (laughs) would you pay $15 million for one? No, quit it. What? Well, somebody did because there was a license plate that was sold at a charity auction in Dubai. The only thing on the plate was P, as in Paul, P7. That's what was sold for $15 million. I don't know what's going through the mind of Saudis except for the fact that they have so much money. They just don't know what to spend it on anymore. But uh, the actually the most expensive license plate was number one, which was auctioned off for $14.2 million in 2008, where it just had a a number one on it. So this plate says P7. Again, the money went to a food aid charity, which was led by Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, the Dubai ruler. But it's just fascinating that that the the things that people will spend money on, and this is it, a license plate for $15 Mm. million. You know, it's funny that you say that because in my man cave on my wall 
is the license plate that I paid. I think it was probably an extra two or three hundred bucks for. Remember when I had my black Mustang Shelby Super Snake? Sure, absolutely. I was trying my best to find something good to put on the license plate, and I came up with this. S-P-R-S-N-K. Super Snake. And uh, oh, okay. nobody, it. not a single person ever got it. They're like, what is Spur Snack? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, you got a spare snack? I'm always hungry. You know, so it was like, it was terrible, right? And so when I sold the car... I kept the front license plate and I stuck it on the wall to, to remind myself how stupid I am. So, or remind uh, yourself to get a snack. <laughs> spare snack. <laughs> yeah, that's more important. Than, SPR than super snake. snake. But anyway. <laughs> oh, God, All no. right. Can we make fun of Tesla again? Oh, uh, please. This is our favorite pastime. This is something we share. You know, uh, A California Tesla owner is actually suing Tesla again. In a prospective class action lawsuit, it's not a class action yet, which, you know, means everybody gets to jump on the bandwagon. As far as violating the privacy of customers, apparently there was a group of Tesla employees that shared via an internal messaging system some uh, videos and images that were recorded by a customer's car that were a little, um, and I, I don't know exactly what they were, but it violated the privacy of the customers. So the guy who was a San Francisco resident who owned the Tesla Model Y, said they accessed the images, they were using it for their entertainment and the humiliation of those who were recorded. So it's just it's just one more nail in the Tesla coffin that if this man, poor Elon Musk, is never going to get this company out of misery. I mean, I know that they're making good money, I know that they're doing well, but it's just one nightmare after the other for this so company. So let me, I, let me I understand. I, I, I'm not sure if I caught that now. So Tesla accessed photos that they were – is that what happened? Well, you know, because the Tesla cars record things that go on around the right, cars. Right. It has videos because of the cameras to watch out for people and things like that. So I guess these, these people that worked at the Tesla, you know, where they service the cars – were able to access this man's videos, and they just made, I guess, complete fun and posted it online. Huh. So it's uh, kind of interesting oh my what's God. going on here. You so, know, this is really weird because, honestly, I got out of the shower this morning, and I caught a glimpse of my manly physique, and I said to myself, man, I am a Sasquatch. I got to trim all that hair. You know, I, I'm like... I got a body groom a little bit here and then i looked at my phone to see what time it was and then i checked facebook and there was all kinds of body hair trimming devices and i ordered I, I ordered one so it was pretty convenient <laughs> but I, I was wondering if they caught pictures of me and my my nakedness it's horrible <laughs> they probably have them already. <laughs> it's all a damn lie you know it, but i thought it was funny anyway uh bj thank you very much bj colleen Coming up next, we're going to continue uh, banging the drum because Brian Moody is going to be here. And uh, Fox News, oh, I shouldn't say that, one of the major news networks quoted Kelly Blue Book or Auto Trader, one of those two, about the uh, the EPA garbage. And uh, Brian will talk about that more. We, we have to keep pounding the drum. Yes. yes. We'll be right back. Thank you, BJ. Thanks. We'll be right back. Stay with us, everybody. It is The Drive.
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And uh, our show brought to you in part by Subaru Love. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. You should know that by now. Brian Moody knows that from Auto Trader. Yeah, he's heard me say it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, so um, let's see. I actually saw Auto Trader quoted on the news. I want you to know that. That's a big deal. It was national news. Uh-huh. And it was talking uh-huh. about the whole EPA thing. So, but I know yeah. you wanted, because you have to weigh in on it because it's being quoted on, you know, major news channels. But before we get there, I kind of want to walk. Yeah ourselves to that point because i think if we do this just right you and i will actually have taken the listener on a small journey let's start with this the camaro going away the chevrolet camaro is um they're ending the run and will it ever be back so i know you have some stuff on that what do you got there well the first thing i would like to introduce you to is the song Mitch and Camaro. <laughs> Are you familiar with this? Um, I, yeah, I can't remember the exact words, but yeah, I remember hearing that going, wow, that's a bad song. But anyway. <laughs> Mitch and Camaro by the Dead Milkman. Okay. Uh, so that just gives you a little bit of insight as to the lore and the, the you know, how deep the roots go yeah. for the Camaro. Yeah. I think they're all, the steering wheels, almost all of them have, Doritos crumbs on them, and there's always a Mountain Dew in the cup holder. I, that's just me. I don't know. Oh, that's could be. Funny. I could be wrong. Oh, you just insulted a jillion Camaro owners that won't touch Doritos. Is, is that an insult, though? No, Maybe I guess not. not. No, because listen, I like Doritos. I, I don't like Mountain Dew because yeah. I've seen what it does to people's teeth. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, so the car is probably going away. It looks like they're going to discontinue it. Yep. And, it, it, you know, what? this is the thing, is that automakers and big companies, they always spend things the way they want to spend them, and that may or may not be based in fact. But here's a couple of facts that we can just talk about, and then we can see if maybe it makes sense. The current generation of Camaro came out in 2016. At the time, Chevrolet sold about 73,000 of those. But by the end of 2021, that was down to about 23,000, so pretty big drop. 
and then it rebounded last year to nearly 25,000. That's all the enthusiasts probably like, oh, I better get my Camaro now. I'm never going to be able to get one. Right. Yeah. So GM says that the 2024 model year will be the last ones built. They're built in Lansing, Michigan. And, you know, is that a loss? I don't know. I think the car doesn't sell as well as it used to is the main reason. They're probably kind of come out and say, oh, well, we're going to have an electric version and gasoline-powered cars, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, gasoline-powered technology continues to evolve. The Corvette engine is a new gasoline-powered engine, and they also have a hybrid version, the E-Ray. Ford just released a new V8 for the Mustang and the Mustang GT and Mustang Dark Horse. Mazda has a new inline six-cylinder engine that has a little bit of a electrification, like a hybrid boost built into the into the engine. It's not like a drive component per se, right. but gasoline-powered cars continue to evolve. So whether or not this is related to that or not, it could just be that the car didn't sell well, and mm. so they're going to kill it. I mean, that it could just be as simple as that. Well, it, you know, and I know you want to talk about the EPA thing and these new mandate by the year 2030, but before we get there, I have to yeah. feel that that's got something that that had to be weighing. And General Motors, you know, General Motors makes some odd decisions sometimes. I think all the automakers do, but in this case, is this part of the the weight on the scale that said, "Yeah, let's cut that one" because that's a muscle car. When you say Camaro, you Could think be. muscle car, even though they make four cylinder versions, and then. You know, I I don't know. I think you're right, though, that my guess is they weren't selling all that well, but it's still kind of a halo car for them. Maybe they just need it to go away so they can bring it back again the way they did last time. Again. Yeah. 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 I want to see a manufacturer do something like this. I want to see them say, we are going to kill every full-size gas-powered pickup effective today. We don't care how much money it costs us because we're committed to the environment. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, no. that's uh, not how business works in the that's piece, not how business works. by the way, in the piece that you're going to get to, we're teeing it up about the EPA, the new um, EPA yeah. garbage that I saw in the news. Yeah. One of the things they said is it's, they're going to try to push people to buy electric cars from the barely 6% right now of people that buy electric right. cars to 67 or some 60 maybe let's just say in the 60 percentile of people that they're going to push them to do that by taking away the cars that we love like the camaro the the dodge challenger or demon that i that you know we just they just launched i mean it's literally it's it's not even out yet the new demon that has a thousand twenty five horsepower is this the end of the muscle car that is just internal combustion that doesn't have some sort of a component of electricity to it i think it is that's my crystal ball says yeah it probably is unless unless we find ourselves with a new administration in a a, you know year and a half or so whatever two years and they reverse that again because that's the yo-yo thing we're on right now up and down and back and forth so I don't know. We're yep. going to see. But the Camaro evidently, been, they've announced the way, that it's going away. Yeah. want to support this kind of thing. It's tax season right now, right? You know? Yeah. If you want to support this kind of thing, when you go to pay your taxes and you see how much you've already paid or if you owe or, or whatever, that's the minimum tax. It, feel free to give the government more money. 
you know, maybe lead by example if you want these things to go through. <laughs> pay more money and Just maybe pay we'll more. All be inspired by your example. Yeah. Yeah, you could. So you're what free the heck? To do that. I think I'm going to. Not. Anyway, <laughs> when we come <laughs> back. So the Camaro's going away. Um, yeah. Sad. But now the question is for the next segment, we're teeing this up. Is the, the, the manufacturer of the Camaro, General Motors, obligated to keep making replacement parts for the Camaro once it's gone away? Brian Moody here from Auto Trader is going to talk about that. And they have been quoted, Auto Trader has been quoted on national news about all what's going on the EPA, and he'll give us their report in the last segment. Two more to go. We'll be right back. Oh Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. This message is from our sponsor, Subaru, and the 2023 Subaru Forester. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, award-winning safety technology, and up to 33 miles per gallon for go-everywhere capability. It features 74.2 cubic feet of cargo space with an extra wide rear gate opening, making it easy for you to bring along your gear. The 2023 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. Well, it is the drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Joining us right now is Brian Moody from Autotrader.com. He's the executive editor. He also uh, does a little bit with KBB, Kelly Blue Book. And... Um, they get quoted all the time, and I was, I was thinking, oh, Brian's going to be on TV. Nah, they had their own reporter. Woo. They were, they were just using your stuff, just so you know, Brian. That's okay. They were using your stuff. Did they put little graphics up and say? No, it was just like, um, honestly, it was a major news organization. We report use side, you know, and and here was the information. It was a little tiny auto trader. You know, auto trader report, something like that. But hey, listen, they gave you credit. That's all that matters. I may have seen that. Yeah. So the Camaro going away, and then as if you're just joining us yeah. right now, we're talking about you know, is the manufacturer of the Camaro obligated to make parts for X number of years or forever for the Camaro once it's gone? You know, I mean, OEM, Original Equipment Manufacturer. So when you buy parts, you really should buy the OEM stuff first because it is made yeah, to sure. specifications for that car. You can buy aftermarket, made in China or God knows where, Bangladesh, and then you get it there and you go to put it on and it don't fit. It don't last. There's a lot of reasons why yeah. you want OEM. But, yes, so are they obligated on replacement parts, Brian? In some, in some cases, the aftermarket part is the same provider for the for those parts. Oh. So like if you were to buy an AC Delco, you know, coil or something like that, in some cases, like, you know, Ray Bestis or whatever, these companies that make brakes and stuff or Brembo, sometimes the aftermarket is the original part. But, you know, the short answer to your question, are automakers required to make parts for a certain number of years after the car goes out of business or they, they cancel it? The short answer is no. And I know how well one-word answers work on radio, 
So I just felt like I would give you the one-word answer, Alan. No. <laughs> oh, thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Show's <laughs> over. Good night. There you go. Um, oh. So here's the, but here, that's the short answer. The long answer is, the way they are, but there's no specific thing that says, oh, for 10 years after, that's not necessarily true. There is something called the Magnuson-Moss Warranty Act. Did you ever see Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes, my one of my favorite movies. Are you kidding me? Yeah. When he's asking about the Holly Smoot Tariff Act, he's, anyone? Anyone? Oh, anyone? my God. Are um, you serious? Did you just take it there? Wow. Uh, yeah, I did. Hold this, on. This, this is the... This is the <laughs> Wait a minute! You just quoted Not Ferris that, right. Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> okay, right. keep going. Right. Uh, something do economics? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act is designed to hold automakers responsible when it comes to warranties. So in that act, it basically says this is consumer protection stuff. It says that any problems with the product. The seller of that or the, the guarantor of that product has to either offer a refund or a replacement without charge, even if such product is a part. So in a way, manufacturers do have to continue making parts until the warranty is expired on the majority of those cars. But the truth is, you know it's just as well as everybody, the main driver of them making parts after the cars are discontinued is profit. Right. So with a car like the Camaro, will they continue to make money selling water pumps for Camaros? Yeah, they're going to do that for a while. Right. What I would be concerned about is if you have a discontinued model, like say a Saturn, I have a Saab. Let's say you have a Saturn or a Saab station wagon and you need the rear quarter glass or something from the station wagon version that didn't sell as well. Right. Yeah. After a while, you might be in trouble. But for the most part, they don't have to make parts after it. It's just, it's going to be that cars like Camaros and Corvettes and, you know, Miatas. Let's say the Miata got canceled tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. How long would it be before we ran out of parts for Jeep Wranglers or Mazda Miatas? Right. Forever. Decades, yeah, probably. Right, exactly. Well, the funny thing is, I remember... So buying a used one will be okay. I remember when I, uh, the second car I ever bought was a 1960 Fiat maybe a Fiat like 100 or something bizarre. A little, it was a little station wagon, to your point. And no one had parts for that car. It was like a little imported thing somebody brought in there, you know, maybe an Italian family or whatever. And I don't know, this was many, many years ago in the 70s. And no one had parts for this silly thing. And so um, I ended up selling it because I tried and tried and tried. Everywhere I went, people went, what? A, a Fiat What? And uh, now if you lived in Italy or wherever, you know, maybe be different. But for here in the U.S., that could be the problem if you have a car that is very rare. But to your point, I mean, you drive yeah. a Saab. If anybody knows what the problem is of getting parts, it's you, Brian. <laughs> With a Saab well, Saab was made by GM, and I haven't had any problem getting parts yet. I've had yet. a couple things go wrong. It's, been a, it's, it's a really reliable car. Yeah. But for the most part, it's got a Holden engine. I ordered the, a water pump hose online, the turbo intercooler I got yeah. off of Amazon. So it just depends on the car. Well, when I got my Fiat, it was 1977. And um, I don't think the internet was... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Al Gore, Al Gore was working on the internet. 
but it wasn't quite ready, so I didn't have the internet to be able to find parts. <laughs> hey, by the way, notice the music in the background? Uh, oh, yeah, is the name of it from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about the most important thing that we've been teeing up is what is going to happen with these new EPA rulings that have been signed into effect, I believe. But Brian's got all the information. So uh, here it comes right after this commercial break. Stay with us. Brian Moody from Auto Trader is here. Autotrader.com. Be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by, of course, Dodge. You've probably heard that a lot. And uh, Brian Moody's here. Uh, Brian is from Auto Trader. He's the executive editor. And uh, they were talking about the news about the EPA and the information that they were quoting all came from Auto Trader. And Brian is here to deliver it, you know, a sharp-dressed man is here to deliver it in a suitcase. There we go. There we go. So uh, what you got there? What's going on? Well, so the Biden administration is proposing stricter EPA guidelines that would reduce tailpipe emissions. So one thing about the EPA is they can't mandate that a company sell a certain percentage of electric cars or whatever. They probably would do that if they could. Right. But they can't do that. But what they can do is that they can try to get tailpipe emissions so strict that basically the automaker would have no choice but to ramp up their electric vehicles. So and if the regulations are finalized, we're looking at the goal would be to have something like 65 to 67 percent of new cars be electric, electric by 2032. So this is what SEMA is all about the specialty equipment market association trade show and all of what they fight for is to make sure that these things don't happen and it's happening. So I can imagine this year at SEMA yeah. in November, there's going to be some screaming well, and yelling. Well, this is just a proposal. It's not final. I heard it. Hasn't it been finalized. I thought, I, well, see, you know what happens is my brain hears this information and then it just shuts down and goes boo, 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 boo. Yeah. and i and i just start freaking out and i go out and buy a, a demon or something that <laughs> goes well, the automakers will weigh in still yeah the automakers will weigh in and say hey because what has to be considered is okay here's how that's going to affect jobs 
Here's how that's going to affect family incomes and the economy. This is a high-level proposal. I don't think it's going to go through like this. And also, let me just say this. The best way to get new technology and new, cleaner transportation is to make it so compelling that you have to buy it. You can't not buy it. Like, the price is so great. The features are so great. I mean, there's a reason why the Ford F-150 is typically the best-selling new vehicle in this country year after year, right? Why is that? Is it because someone's paying people to buy it and it's really a piece of junk? No, it's because enough people have gotten on board with the Ford F-150 and said, you know what? This is great. This is a great value. It's a great work truck. It's a great family vehicle. When I need that, it goes off-road. Ford sells these things. And you could argue the same thing with the Toyota Camry, the Honda Accord, the Subaru Impreza, the Chrysler Pacifica, on and on and on like this. Those things sell well. The Chevy Tahoe is a good one. They sell well because they're compelling. The market should decide this. Make an electric car so great that you just can't help but like say, oh my gosh, I got to get that. I just have to. That's how it should be. And that's the part that's a little bit tricky with trying to tweak the market by offering all these incentives or restrictions. That's, that's right. the part that scares me. So is there, you know, did you guys do a story about this or is it just information that's available? Or Because if people want to know more about this, I want to make sure they can come. You to can the- go to, yeah, go to Kelly Blue Book and there's information okay. in Car News. Okay. And that you can just go to kbb.com slash car dash news. And there's lots of information in there, including as part of that, the government is thinking of revising the MPGE estimates. So you know how you see an electric car or a hybrid that says MPGE? Well, that's the equivalent of what it would get if it were a gasoline-powered car. So they're thinking of revising that as well. That's kind of interesting. Mm. The one good thing I will say about the EPA stricter standards and some of the stuff that the Inflation Reduction Act and all that, which is... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're going to say anything good, i got to put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 la. (laughs) I don't think there's anything good. All I'm going to say is that... It does make it so that a lot of those things have to be sourced, built, or obtained in this country. And that leads to America. I think that part of it's good. Fair enough. You get a mulligan on that one because it was uh, an honest-to-goodness something good about it. Okay. So, again, if you want to know more about what's going on with the EPA and the mandates or whatever the heck they're going to do, uh, it is KBB, because Brian works with Auto Trader and Kelly Bulabook. They're under the same roof, basically. Yeah. KBB.com slash car dash news. You'll find all that stuff there. Brian Moody, thank you very much once again. Yeah. You're, uh, you're a very you. sharp dressed man. You're looking good today, by the way. It's a nice shirt. Um,. Yeah, uh, I can't really see them, so we'll we'll take a break. Autotrader.com or KBB.com. This is The Drive. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. The 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, we have a special guest here for our two. Uh, it is Lauren Fix, who's calling in all the way from Detroit Motor City to talk about it. She's like, here's Brian talking about Brian Moody in the last hour, talking about the EPA. And she's like, I want to talk about that. So guess what? I know you are very, very opinionated and is why I love you. This EPA thing. Me? Yeah, no. you know, Brian said <laughs> Brian said there is one good thing about it. And I said, Hold on, let me put my, my fingers on my ears. La 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 because I don't I don't how can there be anything good to what Biden is trying to do to have people basically force people to buy electric cars by squeezing the neck of the automakers. And they want 67% yep. of cars sold by 2032, 67% to be electric. It's because they will squeeze the life out of the automakers. That makes me sick. But then he says, the good news is, by the way, they're going to also make things be made in America. And I said, all right, fair enough. You get a mulligan. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but that's not really true. And you know that. I know. Well, so what they're you know. doing is. So here's the truth. For car, a really cool car, like the new Toyota Prius Prime, it's a plug-in, right? Right. So if you want to buy one of those, they're not getting the tax credit because the vehicle's not built here. So what they're doing is they're giving the $7,500 tax credit to the manufacturer. That manufacturer is then passing it along to the customer in a lease, not in a purchase. Uh, Nobody's talking about that. So if you mm. want to buy a Prius Prime, you say, I'm going to buy something. I'm going to stick with this car. I'm going to use it for its full life. Yeah, well, don't buy it. You're going to have to lease it. And if you buy it off the lease, you're not going to get the tax credit. So that's something to keep in mind. And then what doesn't make sense, vehicles like the Ford Lightning pickup truck electric, that gets the full tax credit. But the Ford Mach-E gets half the tax credit. Why? It's built here in the U.S. So people like Ford are not happy when you're taking vehicles like that. And there's, there's a lot of vehicles that fit in the category both ways. That doesn't make sense. But remember, the real ultimate goal here is to make it illegal for you to drive an internal combustion engine. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of journalists who are drinking the Kool-Aid because they want their trips. You and I go on a lot of these things. They want to be invited to all these trips and have a wonderful time and all those car reviews. Listen, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm always going to tell everybody the truth, whether they like it or not. Bottom line is, if you want to buy an electric car, you should. You should never be bribed or incentivized into buying it. And especially if those rules keep continually changing and you can't get charging. Give you an idea. There's 130,000 charging stations across the United States. That's it. That doesn't make sense. So in California, in L.A., big area, lots of EVs, 
one car for every 10,000 chargers makes no sense. Hmm. Well, you know, and Brian was kind of saying that too, that the car needs to be so awesome and everything about it, including the price and including the, um, you know, the safety and all of the things that we now understand, know, and trust in the internal combustion engine cars that are made and trucks. It needs to be so awesome that we, we actually choose that over Choose the electric car over yeah, the, it, over the because it doesn't really work that way. It, no, and there's too many there's too too many variables right now. But not to say that they couldn't get there, and and maybe that's why they're they're moving the marker ten years out or nine years out at this point. But I just still don't like what's right. what's happening to the the fact that they're squeezing the living hell out of the automakers, which is um which is why yeah. I'm so it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna hurt everybody. This is what the government doesn't understand. So we, we, we put our foot on the neck of the automobile. So we're right. to make electric cars. So they're making electric cars because they don't want billions of dollars in fines. They want millions of dollars in losses. So here they get, but now what happens? Well, there's less moving parts, less employees. That hurts the unions who are supposed to be so in for this electric car thing. They're, of course, not paying attention because their members who are paying into this are going to be without jobs. And now you got inflation and a recession and everything else. What are we doing here? Everything's collapsing all at once. And they keep pushing harder. And these climate activists are pushing harder. And then they're even more upset now because Biden approved the Alaska oil drilling. Now they're like, oh, we have to amp it up. And that's why you had that announcement today. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I was wondering. I, you know, there's just so much going on around this whole EPA. Yeah, it's a trigger. No question about it. All right, hang tight. we got to take a break. Lauren Fix, the car coach, carcoachreports.com. She is in Motor City right now. Just got done uh, viewing something she can't talk about. I hope it wasn't the guy in the airport next to you. But anyway, that's another story. We'll take a little break. It's The Drive. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, our Uptown Girl is here right now, Lauren Fix. She is the car coach. Her website, carcoachreports.com. She posts things seven days a week about the auto industry. Um, She's, uh, all I can tell you, she's on the board of the World Car. She's on the board of the North American Car Truck and SUV of the Year. She's on all these different boards. She knows what's going on in the world, but... You also, was it you or your husband that was racing a Jaguar for a while? Or are you still? 
I was racing a Jaguar. I still have the Jaguar. That is the Rocket Sports winning car from 2000. So it was an XKRS when the Jaguar was known for racing because Ford owned them. We could put Ford engines in them. Ah. From 2000 to 2004, we had the 358 motor in it, 850 horsepower. <laughs> still driving it. I get out a couple times a year. It's been a little crazy lately, but. But I'm still out there racing. That's great. Well, so uh, you had a little news about Jaguar, the 75th anniversary. and what, What's going on there? Yeah. So believe it or not, this is the end of the sports car for Jaguar that is gasoline-powered. The last of the sexy V8-powered coupe and convertible. Sadly, the F-Type will be ending its run in 2024. So that's 75 years. And people don't realize that Jaguar, the company hit their splash. They really hit it hard. They have a racing history. But in 1948, they came out with the XK120, and they sold like 12,000 of them. And they started winning all these rallies. So they continued that growth to the E-Type, as we call it here, or the XKE. And that vehicle was really very special. And if you think about like that 61 Jaguar E-Type when it came out, it launched at the Geneva Auto Show. So it was pretty impressive. But as far as... The vehicle itself, they're not going to be making the E-Type anymore. They went to the F-Type in later years. Of course, they had the Jaguar XK in between. But this is the end of the Jaguar. They're going to stop making this vehicle. So if you're thinking about a collectible car, the F-Type 75 or R75 is available in all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, both with V8 motors, either 575 horsepower or 444 vehicle is really nice we drove it from the mediterranean in spain all the way across the great pyrenees mountains so the roads are like top gear mountain roads wow. all the way across the atlantic ocean spectacular opportunity and i have it all on a video on my car coach reports channel car coach reports on youtube so it's called yep. the f as in frank f type r75 for the 75th yep. anniversary and this is the last of the internal combustion engines for the, uh, yeah. is it just for F-Type or for Jaguar, the brand? Well, I think they want to make it for Jaguar, the brand. I don't know if that's going to happen. My daughter's got an F-Pace, which is their very popular SUV. Most likely what you're going to see is a sports car come back, but it will be all electric. So that'll oh. be the difference. Unbelievable. So not looking forward to that. But, you know, think about it. Jaguar, everyone's got a Jaguar screen. A friend that had one, a neighbor. It was an iconic car of the, uh, you know, of the 70s. And they sold tons of them. But, you know, sales aren't what they were. And the demand and push from UK government and, you know, everything, you've got to go electric. So yeah. they were following suit, which is sad because it takes down an iconic car. Well, back and, to the uh, foot on the like, neck. Like the Camaro yeah. and all the rest of the cars right. that you and I love the Challenger, the Demon 170. Right. That's the end, too. It's really sad. Yeah. No, I think we're seeing the end of an era until, at least till we get another president. And maybe, just maybe, soon enough. Th they'll reverse yeah. some of these silly things. But uh, I'm kind of hedging my bets. I'm hope. trying trying to get a Demon right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Working on I'm that. I'm trying as well. <laughs> so, yeah. The goal is to get a Demon 170 before they're all gone. Everybody's fighting for them, and there's only going to be a couple thousand of them. I know. But back to the, the fact that, you know, the foot on the neck thing. And, you know, the last week I had Tim Kaniskas on the show, the president of Dodge. He's great. You know, and it's like. I don't know. I, I heard rumors he is going to be retiring now. So I don't I don't know. I heard that too. You know, it's like um, 
God, what's going to happen? I heard know? that about Ralph Giles also, who's the head designer. And that would be horrible. He's a great guy. Oh, my Both gosh. Both these guys are awesome. They're real car people. You want real car people running a car company. You don't just want some marketing person or some penny pincher or some, you know, woke individual. You really want people that understand the industry and the people that buy the cars and that are passionate about it like you and I. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about it. All right. So Lorne Fix has driven this F-Type Jaguar R75, as she calls it, the last of the uh, internal combustion Jaguars, perhaps. You guys can go to her uh, yeah. YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports, and, or check out her website, carcoachreports.com. I'm sure there's links all over the place. Uh, we're going to take one more break and come back with more Lauren Fix. This is The Drive. Stay with us. This message is from our sponsor, Subaru, and the 2023 Subaru Forester. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, award-winning safety technology, and up to 33 miles per gallon for go-everywhere capability. It features 74.2 cubic feet of cargo space with an extra wide rear gate opening, making it easy for you to bring along your gear. The 2023 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, Lauren Fix is joining us from Car Coach Reports, carcoachreports.com. You can find her there. And uh, lots of great videos. She does all kinds of news, and she works with us. This woman is, uh, she's wild, and you can tell by listening to her on this radio show. Um, okay, so uh, you and I, in the commercial break, talked briefly about this, you know, how people are being tempted in some way or fashion to spend more money on their car after they've bought it or they've made their payment on it. Now they got to have more payments for subscriptions to in-car features. What do you know about that, Lauren? Well, you know what? It's funny. It started off where BMW was saying, oh, if you want the heated seats, it's an option. It's like, what do you mean it's an option? It's already on my car. And what they were doing is they were charging additional fees. And now we're seeing additional fees. You know, you get them for satellite radio or if you want you know, the Wi-Fi connection. We're all used for that. So recently, and it was on a Reddit post, and of course, everyone started commenting on it. A guy had bought an Audi, and he went to the to the sink. You know, like you have the left and right side of your climate control, so we're both on the same setting. Right. And it came up on a center screen saying, "Sorry, you're not subscribed to this feature." I'm thinking, "What? Like, really?" So we're starting to see more and more subscriptions to this type of features, where not just BMW and Volvo, GM, Stellantis—they're all eyeballing billions of dollars in revenue for all these subscription fees. And people are thinking, "Wait a minute." So even some manufacturers think you want more horsepower, your vehicle comes with 300 horsepower, you want 400, you buy the car, you pay the subscription, and they download the update, and you can get the subscription. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, consumers really hate it. That's the big thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're not paying enough. Car yeah. Get screwed. It's like, 
and the fact that now that I've heard, you know, the mortgages, we were talking about this, you can now get a 40-year mortgage. 40 no, years, right? Yeah. I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. And it's the same thing with cars, you know, getting like a 10-year car payment or something ridiculous. And then That's on top of everything cars. else, now they're going to have these subscriptions. It's just going to keep milking us like cows. The car becomes like a store. You know, you buy stuff on your radio. You buy stuff, uh, you know, you have to pay subscriptions. Yeah. It's That's like they want. Yeah, exactly. They want to have a marketplace that, oh, you're driving along and you hear about a commercial for a new energy drink. Oh, man, I'd love to try that. We'll press this button here and we'll yep. send you a case. It's going to exactly. cost you X. Well, we already have your credit card information. We'll just charge it. Remember, that's this right. is part of that digital currency oh, that yeah. we're talking about oh, doing. Oh, that's exactly right. And that's how they're going to get you. They're going to yep. control every single thing you do if you give them a chance. You know what? If I wasn't a radio guy, I wouldn't want to pay for satellite radio, but I'm a radio guy, right? So I, 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 I yeah. pay for it. And, and whenever it runs out and, you know, I wait and I make, you know, them give me the best deal possible. But it's just like, oh, that should come with the car. Radio was always free. Not in this world. It's not. Yeah. You know? No, now all that interface that you see may not even have an AM radio. A lot of new vehicles don't even have AM radios at all. I know. And you're talking about GM and Ford saying we're not going to do that. Like, well, you can just listen to, like, radio.com. You know what? What's nice about an AM radio? I mean, I live in Buffalo, so when the weather gets really cruddy outside, first thing you're to do, you go to local radio. That's right. Start for figuring the local out weather. what's the road, yep. what's going on. But if you can't access it, you know you're stuck. You know, not going to listen to a music station. That's not going to help you. You need help from your local news, sports, weather channel. Yeah. No, I trust me. I get and it. And cars from yeah. Alan Taylor. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so. I, you know, all I can say is I kind of hate the way the world is going anyway, and this is just one more thing to add to it. Yeah, um, I'm with you. It's very frustrating. It's time to hit the brakes I know. on these subscription fees. People don't like them, and then you need to speak up. So if you buy a car and you see this, or you're thinking about buying a car, and you do your research on all these great websites, and you hear about this subscription fee, contact the manufacturer. I am not buying your vehicle because you are charging me for heated seats, because you are charging me for an AM radio, because you're charging me for whatever, if you don't speak up, they're going to assume you're totally fine with it. And that's the problem. Nobody wants to speak up. So no. you've got to make your peace. Yeah. And that's all you got to do is keep emailing, post it on social media, let them know your opinion. What, what, me, one, of my, one of my favorite sayings is, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. And sadly, that's where we're at. Exactly. All right. Before I give you... Oh, the, it's like that on a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got about a minute and a half. Can you tell us? I was on your website. I saw a little something on recycled batteries. What do you got? Oh, yeah. So uh, Redwood Materials is starting to recycle batteries. They just got a huge investment from the federal government. And that's actually good. But they're going to put $2 billion in to help EV recycling because they really need to have a way to recycle these electric batteries. We don't mine here in the U.S. all those rare earth minerals. They come from China. So until we can start coming up with a way to make it less expensive and better for the environment, which it is not right now, even though they like to claim it is, this may be one of the ways that we can recycle some of these batteries instead of letting them destroy the environment. Well, that's good. And it's called Redwood. What is it? What is it? It's called Redwood Material. Okay. They're located in Nevada and in California, and they recycle batteries from phones, from cars, from consumer devices, because people throw things out. Yeah. And they have to be recycled. Otherwise, you're just landfill. No, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, on YouTube... 
Car Coach Reports, it's their channel. It's her channel, Lauren Fix. On social media, you can find her at Lauren Fix. Uh, Instagram, hashtag Car Coach Reports. Her website, carcoachreports.com. If you love cars and you want news and you want constant stream of news, um, you want to go check out Lauren Fix at Car Coach Reports. Lauren, thank you. Be careful over there in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Go ahead to the airport so nothing goes on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have, I don't know, somebody good. I don't know. We'll be right back. It is the drive. <laughs> Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, joining us uh, now is George Kennedy III. He's co-founder of CarTender.com, vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. He contributes to the U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes, Wheels, and right here on The Drive. And uh, he was at the New York Auto Show, of which... um. There was there was uh, not as much as normal because for some reason the auto shows have you know kind of backslid into the abyss because the digital world and radio and all the television all these things have kind of pushed them into the background. I didn't go this year, George, as you know, but uh, I hear there's some news from Jeep and the Wrangler and you know I have a uh, not a Wrangler but a um, Gladiator which is basically a pickup truck version of the Wrangler what was the news you wanted to talk about yeah so any news with the Wrangler is big news because they only redesign the thing every decade or so and I know that you have a diesel Gladiator yep. and one of the big news is that the V6 EcoDiesel is, is no more uh oh well, I, you know, I know it's sad. I love mine. I have to tell you, my sister and and her husband and their son convinced me. I sold my 2021 and bought a 2022 just to get the diesel. We all love them, and I get stopped all the time when I'm at a gas station and I'm putting diesel in, and they're like, "Is that a diesel?" And I'm like, "Yep," and they're like, "Oh, that's cool," and they're they're not going to make it. I don't think they advertise them enough. I honestly don't think they advertise them enough. 
No, I mean, I think, you know, you read the tea leaves and everything's going electric. And you and I have talked about the merits of a plug-in hybrid and how it's not just a stopgap. It's a realistic solution for a lot of people that live yeah. in remote areas. Yeah. And believe it or not, the Wrangler 4xe is the best-selling plug-in hybrid in America, if I've got my facts right on that. Really? So wow. It kind of speaks to how popular not only the plug-in hybrid is becoming, but what a sensible option that is for this vehicle. Because, you know, it's not the cheapest one in the lineup. And that's another thing, that they're offering a Sport S version Mm. of the 4xe, which then lowers the entry price of a 4xe. So it's going to be more affordable to get into a plug-in hybrid Wrangler than it was before. So that's that's exciting. So, gosh, I wish, I wish they would build a 4xe with a diesel hybrid plug-in. That would be, to me, the ultimate. Because then you get, you know, I mean, I can get 29 miles to the gallon on the highway out of this thing if I drive it like a, you know, a normal human being. Right, but, you know, we've talked about this in... I feel like if there was a realistic application of a diesel plug-in hybrid combination, we would have seen it by now. I know. Right? I know. There's got to be something from an engineering standpoint, yeah. and I'm not smart enough or well-versed enough to, no. to figure out what's wrong. I don't think that's <laughs> – no, I think what it boils down to is it's really smart, and that's why they don't want to do it, but that's all right. Anyway. Or it could be really expensive, too, because that's think about it. it you know, yeah. a hybrid – plug-in powertrain carries a premium a diesel powertrain carries a premium put those two together and now all of a sudden you've got one really expensive four by four yeah probably right probably right all right so also i understand they've done some redesigning of this in some fashion what have they done yeah so anything with the wrangler once again is going to be a mild update and what you've got is a bit more of a body color surround on the grill Mm. to like an otherwise blacked out grill and headlights it's pretty sharp it's mild it's just one of those little visual cues that jeep enthusiasts will be able to sort of pick out the pre you know 2024 from post 2024 Mm. the more significant change comes in the cabin where all of a sudden you've got a massive touchscreen across the center of the dash oh gotcha yeah i i think i saw a picture somebody either sent it to me or I saw a picture much bigger touchscreen. My touchscreen is fine. I don't know that I need that much more. The cabin eight point four inch touchscreen, from what I what I recall. Well, I never took a measuring stick to it, but it, it's it's fine. It works for me. The cabin <laughs> of these things are not that big, you know. I mean, when you're in a big cavernous like a, a Dodge Ram. Where, you know, you can't even, even if you reached over as far as you could, you could not touch the the other door. I don't even have to hardly reach and I can touch the other door. It's a small cabin, you know. And thankfully, unlike in the Ram, this is not a portrait layout. This is not an upright layout. This is 12.3 inch widescreen. So wide. Right. Um, And. Yeah, it's a you know it's a smaller cabin, so hopefully it's not as much of a reach over there. But when it comes to touchscreens, I much prefer the the landscape orientation versus the tablet orientation. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Just it's personal preference. You know, I think in the vehicles that do the 
portrait tablet orientation, they're doing that because they're trying to replace the Buttons. climate controls and yeah. other controls that, that we've come to appreciate right. as hard point buttons with a touchscreen. And whenever I see portrait layout, I go, well, they're trying to take something really simple and complicate it. <laughs> like I said, my vehicle, uh, 2022, I like the layout that it has. I, I'm in, And I've had it for now, well, in June, it would be a year. I've put 11,000 miles on it. I'm in it every day. It does everything well. It really does. I finally got stuck in it. Did you see the picture of me getting stuck in it where the taillight was like, you know, 12 feet in the air? Because I, I, I was chasing a, a cow in a field that they had just dug a, a septic test area, you know, and they dig down about, you know, eight feet or 10 feet. And I was going really slow. And all of a sudden, the front end just went down into this hole on one side. And it was like the taillight was way up in the air, and the, the the headlight was like almost pointing straight up and down. I was like, oh, my gosh. I put it in reverse, nothing. I put it in forward. Uh, of course, I wasn't going to climb out of it anyway. And I couldn't go anywhere, so I jumped down out of the, the seat, and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I've got to get a picture of this. It was nighttime, and it was raining, and no damage, zero damage. I did have to go get my big one-ton dually to pull it out of that hole, but this little machine does everything well. I am so pleased with it. I can't even imagine them making it better. They, in my opinion, just took one of the reasons why I like it away with not offering a diesel engine anymore. That EcoBoost engine is wonderful. I'm a little bit sad about that, but you know, at least I got one while there was one there. So, uh, all right, hold tight for a sec, George. We got to take a little break, commercial break. Uh, this is the drive. George Kennedy joining us right now. Uh, there's a brand new Jeep Wrangler coming. Uh, a little refresh on the body. No longer going to make the diesel, but uh, they're going to continue to uh, power into this um, electric world. Even though some of the automakers are taking a little um, sideways step to it. We'll talk about that stuff too. It is the drive. Don't go anywhere. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, it is the drive all across America, and our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And George Kennedy's joining us. He was at the New York Auto Show. I was not. I like to get uh, different opinions from the, the auto show goers. It's been a long time since I didn't go to the New York Auto Show. Um, George Kennedy, what else was going on at the auto show? We, I, he and I went over lists of stuff that some of the other guys talked about last week, but... He said, you know, there was plenty of stuff to talk about. So what else you got? Yeah, I mean, the other vehicle of note that hasn't been covered yet is the Hyundai Kona Electric. Well, the Kona and the Kona Electric. So these, these are, you know, a small subcompact SUV that really has been a successful vehicle for Hyundai. And this is its first major redesign. There was just a, a significant 
facelift uh, a year or two ago, and then now this is a complete overhaul. So mm. interesting to see that pivot, and the new Hyundai Kona Electric is looking at you know 260 miles of range, which is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, that that is not bad at all. The Hyundai Kona, as I remember, is actually a pretty nice little car and uh, has not been a car that has had a lot of talking about it going on because it's just a, you know, it's kind of like the Honda Civic. You don't hear about them. They're just good little cars. I think that they're just continuing to do what they do well with this little machine. Yeah, and then this is the first time they're offering multiple battery platforms. So before with the Kona, you just had one option. Now you can get the larger battery with 260 miles of range, and there's a smaller one with 197 miles Mm. of range. So first time you can get sort of two options, and that's sort of going to be as we get forward into the the auto space with the EVs and that becoming more the norm, you're going to start seeing more choices, right, Mm. in cars that previously only offered one. So while you were in New York, did you go to any off-site events, things like that? Like, uh, which one was it? Genesis has the Genesis house. Did you visit that by any chance? Um, I did not. I got to see the Genesis, you know, GV80 coupe concept, which we'll put quotes around concept because this is sort of like almost production ready. Mm, yeah. I saw that up in person. That is a sharp looking car. But I did get to see the unveiling of the Lamborghini Revuelto. Uh, what? <laughs> and that, yeah, the Revuelto, Revuelto, I'm sure I'm butchering that. Yeah. It's their first ever hybrid V12 supercar. Oh, this is the one that they're saying does zero to 60 in under two seconds, kind of like the the Demon 170. It's a big, yeah, and big it's, numbers. Yeah, uh, Supposedly, the name means, you know, mashup or something like that, supposed to represent the conventional and plug-in aspects of the car. It looks a lot like the Lamborghini Cyan concept or sort of one-off short production supercar, hypercar from a few years ago. Mm. And the coolest part about it is the mostly exposed engine bay. So no mm. no glass over the, the engine in the back. It's open air right down to the engine. You're kidding. Wow. That's really kinda, cool detail. You know, that's kind of one of those things, you, you know, normally doesn't get done because, you know, it's like the glass covering the engine keeps the engine clean. I think they're figuring the person that's going to drive this car is not going to drive it as their workaday car. <laughs> you know, it's more like a piece of exactly. driving art. Wow. What kind of a price yeah, on I mean, that? Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, they're looking at like, you know, zero to 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles an hour in 2.5 seconds. Right. So very fast. Somebody was saying there was a a Lamborghini or one of these super cars that was able to go sub two seconds. And I thought, well, it's got to be, first of all, it's got to be electrified. It's got to be all wheel drive in order to keep up with something that, you know, like the demon we've been talking about recently of. The new Demon 170, 1.66, 0 to 60. Under two seconds. Right. is it's, That's incredibly fast. How do you put the power to the ground? And it's like with these hybrid crossover kind of things that they have these days. What what was that word of the Lamborghini? That, like a, a mix-up or a mash-up, right? Mash-up, yeah, exactly. That, so so yeah. then that gives you the ability to turn on a light switch, use the electricity for launch. Right? Because, bam, it's on. 
that makes perfect sense. I see that working well in the future of making cars do, you know, amazing zero to 60 times because it's like electricity. You turn the light bulb on, it just goes, bink, it's on. And that's that's well, uh, and, easy and to and do the with the format here is similar to what we've seen like with the new Corvette E-Ray, where it's right. you've got a, an integrated motor, you know, an integrated electric motor working with the drivetrain, but then you also have a motor at the front wheels. So you're not gonna see you're not gonna see like the, the linkage doing, you know, sending power from the V twelve to the front wheels. You're gonna have the electric motor up front. That gives you instantaneous power at all four wheels. And it gives you that capability without having to use conventional drivetrain components that add weight to send that power up front. Right. Well, I, I can't wait to drive the E-Ray, the Corvette E-Ray he's talking about. That, that to me, there's a cool factor to that. I, I don't mind having electric if it's one of the components, but I, I got to have some internal combustion. I don't know. It's just It's just me. Uh, Let us take a break, and the music just stopped, so I'm going to start it again. You're listening to The Drive. That's what happens. Uh, All across America on radio stations, it is The Drive, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And George Kennedy joining us. And, uh, you know, the New York Auto Show, there was a time not too long ago when it was, it was, it's a big apple. It was the big auto show that was in the big apple. And um, it's downsized quite a bit. A lot of the automakers did not even go. They did not even attend. I mean, maybe they just have cars on carpet. I don't know. Instead of these big displays like they used to, George Kennedy joining us. George, I, I, it, it kind of saddens me a little bit because it was so much fun to go to these things. But one of the fun things for me over the years, the last you know, going on thirty years, was the concept cars because over the years it was like they would make you laugh sometimes. They would make you go, "Now that's cool." Sometimes they would make you go, "There's no way that they're going to do that." There's no way they could possibly get away with that. But this year, there was hardly any concept cars at the New York Auto Show. You mentioned one, the GV80 concept from uh, Genesis. And I've seen that. It, to me, it, it's a gorgeous-looking machine. We talked about it last week a little bit. 
But you say there's a little controversy in there somehow. What's that? Well, let me just start off by saying that there were not a, a ton of debuts at the show this year right. because there's a lot being done online and in the interim between shows. But I, you know, all the folks at the New York Auto Show who run the show were expecting a tremendous amount of foot traffic. So, you know, there are people that still attend these shows in great numbers. There are places where you can test drive Jeeps outside on a uh, dedicated off-road course. Right. That's there cool. are places where it, you can go test drive electric vehicles. There was like six different electric vehicles that you could go test drive. So there are still things that the auto show serves a purpose for. So, oh, it's, for sure. you know, yeah. I would say it's still bouncing back from the COVID years, but, you know, it'll never get all the way back. But it's, you know, I would say reports of its demise are greatly exaggerated. I don't think they'll With go regard- away. I, I just think that, you know, the yeah. automakers are looking at them differently now for some reason. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's probably to your point that they can reach all these same journalists and all the people that are reporting the news via doing um, Skype events and things like that, where they bring you in virtually. But anyway, continue on with that. Yeah, so, you know, one thing we did see was not a lot of concept cars. I think you often see a concept when a brand is trying to create a major shift in the design language of its products. And right now you've got a lot of either staying the course or iterating existing products. And, you know, when the markets are in flux and you know what the future holds, you're not going to put a ton of money into completely overhauling your lineup. You're going to make more modular increments in your lineup. And so one example was the Genesis GV80 coupe concept, which really was the Genesis GV80, you know, probably going to happen production coupe with some minor changes. And it's a really sharp looking car. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this given how I hate the watering down of the term coupe especially when it comes to, I believe a coupe is a thing with two doors right. uh, that doesn't sit six inches off the ground. It's supposed to sit like four inches off the ground. You know, not an SUV, but here we have an SUV, a luxury SUV with less cargo space than the original version of it, less second row headroom than the original version of it. And I don't care because it looks so darn good. <laughs> and it's four door, right? It is four-door, which violates all my sensibilities. <laughs> right. um, you know, at least BMW uses Grand Coupe. Audi uses Fastback. I appreciate that. But I think, you know, the, uh, what is it? You know, Porsche, probably one of the worst defenders by just straight up calling the, you know, the, the, the Coupe of the Cayenne. Right. right? And it's like, it's not a Coupe. It's not a sports car. It has four doors. Uh, you know what? Fastback. If you want to call it a Fastback, that's fine, but. I guess, you know, terms don't mean anything anymore. I know, and that's the problem. Our whole language system is getting messed with over the last, you know, five years or so. It's People don't know whether they're male or female or it's a coupe or a sedan. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the living? <laughs> it's, it's, it's working its way into the cars, you know. <laughs> what are you, a coupe or a sedan? Oh, I don't know. What's your pronoun, car? You know, it's like... <laughs> Anyway, all right, George, listen, was there any other highlights that you want? You got like 30 seconds. Any other, while you were in New York, I got mugged. Anything like that, or did you have a good time? (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing like that. Um, Toyota had a couple really cool uh, aftermarket sort of custom builds, the kind of thing you'd see at SEMA. Right. Um, And one was like an old vintage FJ. Um, And so it's, you know, when there's not a whole ton of news, it's what what's interesting and stand out. Yeah. You know, just to see some of these more custom jobs. You know that, was, that was neat and fun. I, I would have liked to have heard. Yeah, I got mugged and they had me bound and tied up and 
but I escaped. <laughs> escaped from yeah, New York. No, I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling from a sewer. I'm, I still haven't left yet. <laughs> That's George Kennedy, everybody. George, thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, that's about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Working from one into the other and all points in between. This message is from our sponsor, Subaru, and the 2023 Subaru Forester. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, award-winning safety technology, and up to 33 miles per gallon for go-everywhere capability. It features 74.2 cubic feet of cargo space with an extra wide rear gate opening, making it easy for you to bring along your gear. The 2023 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com.